Welcome to Let's Grow Radio. You are now tuned in to the show that's all about your spiritual evolution with wonderful hosts by the name of Tarak, the doctor, the metaphysician. What up, bro? What's happening? What's happening to you? How you feeling? I'm real good. Welcome in Tyrion, the man, the magician. Peace, peace, sister. And me, your homegirl, Tia Marie, all about that spirituality. Together, we ensure that no soul is left behind because it's time to integrate your spiritual essence and become mature about how you use your mind. And we're going to start with the spiritual evolution. Beautiful. No better place to start. No doubt. Now, the spiritual evolution is called the hero's journey because it takes a special person to begin it, to break away from the chains of the system and oppression and a reality that was created for you to move towards your true destiny, your own life and your existence as your soul plans. What y'all think about that? Absolutely. Yeah, that that resonates. Absolutely, you can't get away from it. <laughs> Not at all. And and I think it's about recognizing and accepting and understanding that you are on that journey, right? Whether you can say it or not, it's a journey that you're on. Um, and a lot of times we don't recognize what season we are in when we're on that journey. You know, how to really honor that time and what it's really speaking to. You know, because it's always pregnant with power and truth. It's very relevant to where you are and where you just came from and where you're going. Yeah, 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 no doubt. And speaking of where you are, where you've been at, let's tell our listeners a little bit about who we are, why we qualify to have this conversation. Who wants to start? Go ahead, go ahead. All right, well, I'll begin. Again, my name is Tia Marie. I'm a spiritual and transformational life coach. Love working with other people to self-actualize and realize their personal power, their divine gifts, and uh, their purpose in this life. I've spent a lot of time uh, learning about the journey, uh, the spiritual journey to self, and um, went through my own transformation by way of a Sagittarius. And... Uh, yeah, and uh, as you as you know, Sagittarius, uh, I'm a Gemini, and Sagittarius like Gemini, we are the breakdown before the breakthrough. And so I had one of those and was blessed to get the information that I needed to have the breakthrough that I need and become the fool. And once I set out on my own journey and understood more about what this whole existence is, it just, it invigorated me to wake other people up and get them on the same page so that we can break the chains and live a better existence. So I'm just excited to be here. Beautiful. Beautiful, sister. Uh, you know, uh, it was connected through a Sagittarius. Uh, right. If it wasn't for a Sag. <laughs> facts, shout out facts. To, shout out to Earth. You know it. Yeah. Oh, Earth is a Sag. Oh, I didn't yeah. Know that. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tyra. Oh, you want me to go next? I got a follow-up to you? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tyron, everybody. Um, Gemini, life path of a five. Uh, also on this healing journey, right? Um, born in a family of healers, and we all have, in my assessment, been resistant to step into the power and the, the truth of that. 
that position and assignment. And I do feel like it is an assignment. So this time around, I'm trying to get it right, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, tired of being on this the, this cycle of uh, karma. So I, the the way that I've chosen to you know honor the the healing capacities uh, is through uh, being a therapist and dealing in numerology, uh, the metaphysics. A lot of my life path has been about the soul. Of course, coming from a like most of us a Christian background, I don't I don't have any resistance or resentment about that. I feel like it was the perfect foundation in order for me to really springboard and tap into a lot of the esoteric and metaphysical understandings and lessons you know i think we're all uh part of the matrix but it's awakening and understanding that you're not subjected to that right and i think in order to really uh hone that um it's about coming from that right malcolm x comes from the streets but he evolved into El Hajj, right? I don't think that there's anybody better to go back and uplift the masses than someone who was a part of that 85%. Okay. So I, I honor, I think a part of my journey and a part of my understanding and a part of what I'm here to teach is to honor all aspects of the journey, right? Because mm-hmm. it's all holy, it's all eternal. It's all, you know, a part of, you know, the awakening. Uh, and I think that we get it wrong when we resist or repress or uh, try to repudiate different aspects of it. You know, it's about an integration and it's about understanding that every aspect of it is holy. You know, the janitor, mm-hmm. that the, the street sweeper is just as, as holy and significant as the president of the United States of America, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that baby mama is just as royal and as much of a queen as, you know, the, the woman who took the million dollars and flipped it into five million. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just as equal and whole. So that is the space that I'm in and, and the space that I'm honoring. Love it. Hey, is it room for one more in that space? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, in, bro. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, so uh, my name's Tai Taraku Day. I'm, uh, you know, been coined, uh, given the name Metaphysical Master, so I just kind of ran with it. <laughs> Mainly just because I'm, you know, very adept at a lot of things, but I still kind of see myself as an initiate in a lot of ways, mainly because as a metaphysician, I'm always looking at, uh, you know, the next lesson, the next point of uh, growth, the next, um, you know, the weakest link that needs to be strengthened the most. And, uh, you know, essentially all boils down to the, the biggest limitation that I personally am encountering at any given moment. And continuing to work to break through that break out of that prison right. over the next prison the next wall that needs to be broken down but uh, yeah, just through through any modality that i can find you know dreams working with dreams dream interpretation lucid dreaming astral projection uh, meditation breath work breath work ele- elemental purification really is what all of it i guess <laughs> boils down to <laughs> Todd, what that's right yeah. and it would be the earth sign is about that life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, respect for the elements yeah. buddha was a taurus <laughs> i believe that <laughs> yeah. oh word they said i'm gonna sit on the until i gain this enlightenment here <laughs> he said what say it again he said he pretty much said I'm gonna sit under this tree until I gain this enlightenment I know that's right knowing that it's gonna come from nature it's gonna come from those trees those trees yeah. are talking yeah absolutely what do y'all feel like 
you know, in terms of the, the symbolism and that what has been the tree in your life that has brought you into your awakening and enlightenment? I would say understanding my experiences, why they yeah. happen, what they were teaching me, how they were grounding mm-hmm. me. You know, I would say that I was very aware, even as a kid, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't easily entertained. I didn't sit in front of a TV a lot. I didn't, I was a reader and I was always curious and interested in history. But because of that curiosity, it always made me think a little deeper about my experiences and, you know, why they were happening to me. Of course, before I was able to gain emotional intelligence, I used to feel like they were happening to me and would be very offended. And of course, my response, my reaction was as a result of that. Um, and so I spent a lot of time, you know, fighting and, and just being upset at the world for what I thought was happening to me. But once I sat back, I had a lot of pivotal moments in my life that sat me down. And when I got older and I was able to really sit down and digest everything that I'd been through, it was like, I realized that those were all little seeds that were mm-hmm. being planted with the intent to, to root me to the ground and mm-hmm. and to help me understand who I am and why I am and, and what my purpose here is in this life. Uh, my dad left me when I was nine years old, which mm-hmm. is significant, right? Because the number mm-hmm. nine, you know, is transformational in and of itself. And that was uh, the period where I realized that nothing's permanent nothing's promised you know um, no matter their obligation and I spent a lifetime for real trying to figure out you know how that applied to my life and it made me realize that I could change I could evolve and I could make whatever life I wanted to that wasn't a hindrance it was for me to understand that people are You know, people are not who you think they are. They all have the ability to change, develop, grow, not grow, whatever it is. So Life Lessons was my tree and every branch has been an experience (laughs) that has been enlightening and empowering, let me tell you. I know that's right. With good fruit, bad fruit, rotten fruit, spoiled fruit, beautiful fruit, fruitful fruit. Okay, sweet fruit, tart fruit. Sour fruit. Okay. Baby fruit. Okay, all those things. (laughs) Seriously. And, And just let me say that my Lilith is on my moon. So if you are aware of Lilith and her story and her her role in its existence, that's a lot of reason why I knew it was my job to shed some light to emotions, how they affect us, how they empower us, how they deplete us, put us in, in different situations and everything. So mm, absolutely. And speaking of with nature and its influence, even on the uh, beginning of the spiritual journey, did anyone notice or did you have an experience where you had cardinal birds visit you in the moment <laughs> when you were really about to embark on that journey to heighten awareness? Anybody else notice an increase of birds? Yeah, there not really any cardinal, cardinal birds, but uh, red-shoulder hawks have always, have always mm. come through for me. Mm. Yeah, I had one time... Um, <laughs> uh, I had a friend show me this book by Ted Andrews, Animal Speak, and uh, it was very interesting. He would talk about like the Native American uh, 
understandings of what nature is trying to communicate to you whenever different animals show up. And I was fascinated with, I always, you know, thought I'd, you know, eventually get it one day. But um, this particular day, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was at the, actually at the School of Metaphysics. I'd just come back from a, a regional teacher's meeting. And there was this red shoulder hawk. Because one thing in that book, it talked about feather magic. I was like, okay, you know what? When I do get that book, I want to have some feathers to be able to, you know, read that part of the book and understand it, you know, work with that and things. So, you know, uh, this red shoulder hawk had been in the backyard the whole time. And I uh, was always kind of like looking a little bit just as I was back there mowing the lawn or, you know, put chopping up some firewood and stuff. I just keep my eyes peeled out to see if I saw one well when we came back from this meeting it was sitting there on the you know if y'all remember we had the uh fire pit in the back with the stumps yeah. on there the tree stumps and it was sitting on one of the tree stumps so i was like okay let me let me see how close i can get to it and, and it'll allow me like how close it'll allow me to get and i'm about like 20 feet away walking real slow and eventually just flies off up into the tree right next to it so i'm like okay let me go sit down exactly where it was and and then I know that it, it let it know that I know like I'm here for a purpose to connect with you because I'm sitting exactly where you were and looking at you. And so I go and sit down and I look up at it and that, like the exact thought that I transferred to it was literally word for word. Hey, Mr. Hall, this is your boy Tarak. You know, next time you just happen to be losing a feather, you know, just fly past this yard, just fly through this yard and let it happen to fall in here. And then as soon as the second that thought was complete, it flew off, right? So I'm, I, you know, trying to stand up, walk around, or, you know, walk away. And then uh, the very next day, the very next day, <laughs> I walk out and right next to that stump was a feather from that hawk. The very, and it was this was like fall because I remember uh now I don't know if y'all remember Jonathan he was he was uh, uh he had like a forestry degree and all type of stuff he knew all type of stuff about nature and like which trees the leaves that you could eat and things like that all type of stuff I learned a lot from that wow. but um he was telling me like you know because he saw me like what are you doing back here looking <laughs> just like combing the the, the backyard <laughs> looking at the ground I'm like I'm just seeing if I see a feather he's like well <laughs> you know most of the time they're gonna shed it in spring they don't really shed in the in the fall this was like mm. this was like late september like middle of the fall and so uh yeah it was it was fascinating that it happened to sit there right next to the stump very next day so as soon as that as soon as that as soon as that happened i turned around ran inside jumped on a computer because this was you know i mean i mean you had smartphones but they went and all that <laughs> so i jumped on the computer hopped on amazon and ordered the book right so i ordered the book very next like well three days later the book's gonna get there four days later three days later i leave for this spiritual focus session where like you get this reading on you know like the the readings that were given the akashic readings and this one in particular was a whole weekend centered around the kundalini and all of your chakras mm. so the reading is going to tell you how you're you specifically are using all of your energy within each chakra and how to elevate that you know and so it was it was at the time it was the most transformational week weekend like three four days i've ever experienced in my life up until then and i come home and the book's waiting for me right and so i go and look oh man what was what does the hulk represent because i'm up left me a feather <laughs> he ain't just fly past me like fly in front of me you know and so i go and look very first thing it says red shoulder hawk represents the kundalini 
Wow. <laughs> and it, and it says when it does, when it does cross your path, pay attention because there's a strong spiritual message coming to you. And at the time I, I received not just like a regular message, like a literally transcripted, you know, 15 minute reading of exactly what's going on with your kundalini and your chakras and how to, you know, use that creative energy to elevate yourself. And so it was, it was powerful. It was all, it was all synced up. So ever since then, you know, Red Shoulder Hawks, I've always seen them around and they'll always just like, I'll be driving down the road and then just fly straight in front of my car. No other cars, just straight in front of mine. Wow. Man, that's, that's crazy, bro. Yeah. And, they, and there's no getting around it. Like when you sense it, when your attention is brought to it, you you know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have that type of connection, that's so true. Do you feel like it was um, like the other times that you've seen it? Were your thoughts in a certain place, or were you like on a um, like taking initiative or going in any direction and it gave you confirmation? I don't know. I didn't really see it like that because uh, n- nothing has been that like in your face <laughs> as that as that time. But uh, because it would always talk about, like, pay attention, there's a spiritual message coming. I never really reflected on anything I was doing or had been doing. When those moments come, I would just kind of keep my eyes peeled for what is to come. Like, okay, something major is shifting. Something major is coming. You know, and then I would kind of contemplate, you know, what am I using my energy to create right now? Kundalini is the most powerful creative energy, so I'll really pay attention right. to you know how am I using my energy right now? You know what what is mm-hmm. it? You know because also you know in a, in reference to what you're saying, I would pay attention to like how it's showing up. Like is it mm-hmm. is it just like flying in front of me or is it like you know like like the times when it's just like flying straight in front of my car, three feet in front of me, like really getting my attention. Like oh shit, there's something I really need to pay attention to versus. You know, it's just like sitting on a mailbox that I'm driving past and then flies right, flies right. away as soon as my car drives past it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or like, but but like at the times when I'm walking through, like there was another time I'm walking through uh, over at Tom Sawyer, walking through this trail and I'm walking past this soccer goal and then all of a sudden, I didn't even see it sitting there. All of a sudden it just whoo, flies right in front of me, like five feet in front of me, real low to the ground, whoo, picks up this squirrel and takes off. Like oh shit, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just like that's like blatant. Like it could have easily attacked that squirrel at any moment. It could have been anywhere in the woods, anywhere in the, <laughs> in the region. You know, it just had to do it when I was like five feet in front of it. You know, and so it was like this is more in your face. Like hey, you know, you need to wake that's up for right. what you're doing. You know, so the fact yeah. that I was walking on the trail and things, so it just kind of. Um, I, I kind of read into it that, but not. I, I've never really looked at like the past, mostly like the future. Like, boom, something's coming. I've got you. I got you. I found that they seem to come when you are the least connected to your higher self. Mm-hmm. For me, it's almost like my my birds come, and I I feel like they're my my angels, my ancestors, yeah. and they they mm-hmm. come to me to say. Hey, you're not talking to us enough. Or, <laughs> you know, you're you're you need to to connect. You need to mm-hmm. get centered. In the beginning of my journey, I noticed cardinal birds would come to my bedroom window. I would look out my bedroom window and they would come sing on the ledges of my windows. I had a couple, a literal couple, a male and female cardinal bird that would visit me at least once a week and they would just sit right outside my window and sing and wake me up. (laughs) 
And uh, wow. and those were, I can recall those being some of the times where I felt the least connected to myself. Yeah. The most distracted and the most unwilling to, wow. to be in the present. And so it's almost as if they were a reminder mm-hmm. and then you know, yeah, giving you that support and comfort. Yeah, that message. Yeah, I, I've definitely had that. <laughs> I've, I've had that with Redbirds too. And I, I, I think the first time I, I had that connection was the very first time I went to a healer uh, slash therapist. And um, the significance is that, you know, in my past, I, you know, come from a family where everything is suppressed, you know, everybody suffers in silence. You know, you don't, you don't speak to the trauma. You don't speak to the issue, uh, which is the issue, of course, that's pervasive in the black community. Um, but it had got to a point where it was really affecting my mental health and my energies, my spirit, everything, nothing was in flow. And I remember being in her office and she was challenging me and trying to get me to, you know, come into just the readiness to, to be able to tell the truth. And I, I think I was kind of resistant still in that moment, but um, I looked out the window, something just directed, it's as if something directed my attention to look out the window mm-hmm. and there's a cardinal bird and just sitting in the tree. And I, I don't know why I was just so fixated on it, but in, in hindsight, I, I, I suppose that was uh, a sign that I was on the right track. You know, this is a breakthrough. This is what you're supposed to be doing, you know? honor yourself by honoring the truth in your life you know tell the truth um that's how you you move into to wholeness that's how you create flow in your life Mm -hmm. um that that's how you program your future you know with success Mm -hmm. and it it took me to see it at different junctures and periods in my life that were really pivotal to understand the connection I really didn't, you know, to me, that was witchcraft. <laughs> at that point in my life, I had a friend named Chardonnay, and at the time, she was into, like, astrology, numerology. She would show me all these things about, you know, the divine and how you could tap into, you know, the season you were in, or what vibration or frequency you were in, you know, by numerology or, you know, whatever she divination. And I always told her she was a witch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I always told her she was a witch. So, so in my understanding, you know, there was no connection, you know, to that to nature in that sense. You know, my, my God is in a book or in the church house. You know, I have God relegated to these fixtures, mm-hmm. you know, that I was taught by the church. You know, so it, it never really dawned on me. But when you suffer enough, when your back is up against the wall, you, you will start thinking and you will start <laughs> questioning and looking with a different set of eyes. Yeah. Um, and you know, to the point earlier about the tree and the Buddha with enlightenment, I, I think that I, I have suffered so much. I, I said, you know, this, there has to be another way. You know, there, there has to be another way to um, experience life mm-hmm. versus pretending like you know, um, this expectation that my family wants me to be. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was what really, you know forced and allowed me to to really just start to see things for what they were versus this projection and this this limitation I was putting on life. You know, that that therapist that Hella was God showing up in my life, that red bird was God showing up in my life. Mm-hmm. And anytime I see it, I know that I'm on course, I'm on path and I'm on track to to my to my better. What I've intended or set out. Uh, that, that's how I've, I've connected to the Cardinal. Yeah. And, um, that makes sense for what both of y'all are saying. 
because uh, yeah, Matia was first saying it. Uh, I ran, I ran and grabbed the book because I was curious what the animal speak book by Ted Andrews had to say, and it says that the cardinal, what it represents, is renewed vitality through recognizing self importance. And Come that, on, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it says when it, when it crosses your path, it's there because you know the, the cardinal catches your eye. You know, That's so right. it's calling you to uh, it's calling you to add more color to your own life. Man, so when I read that, so I so I read that after she was done talking, and then listened to you talk on it, and that completely resonated with it too. It was, it was beautiful, beautiful. Oh man, I can attest yeah. to that all day. I get a renewed sense. It's almost like a coach telling you you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, every every time I see yeah. it, it's like a little nudge, yeah. a wink, you know, from the guardians that hey, you're on the right path, or you know, keep keep going, bro. You you got this, homie. You got this, dog. Yeah, because like a lot of the way our our society set up is is a lot like what what you were talking about, Tyron. Where you know we end up we end up wanting to portray and project limitations that the people within our environment have projected upon us you know the limitations right. that they hold for us you know and so mm-hmm. I, I never really understood how strong and powerful that was until i moved away from cincinnati you know and then everybody i met had no preconceived notion of who i was and that and that for one did some awareness of the strength of that but it wasn't until you know because i never really went back to cincinnati even to visit anybody other than like maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas or anything. But even that, I didn't really go back for that for a couple of years. So it was like, you know, a good three, two, three years before I ever went back. And I, that was at a time when I was the most disciplined and the most dedicated and studious. You know, I would sit there Monday, just fruits and vegetables, Tuesday, fast, Wednesday, fruits and vegetables, meditating and doing all type of disciplines four hours a day. So I went through major transformations during that time. So by the time I went back, you know, it was everybody else still had these beliefs on who I was supposed to be you know, right, that's right. individual not even in the slightest anymore <laughs> and still to this day you know we're 10 years later and I still get you know come back and people think I'm supposed to be this type, kind of way and they look at me weird when I'm not you know and uh, it's fascinating you know but it's, it, it wasn't until I went back that I really saw how powerful and strong those things were you know because the other mm. people's expectations on expecting how you should be you know and then that's right you know so it's, it's fascinating you know a large testament of this you know a lot of them would because like like you said you thought the lady was full of witchcraft you know i mean my family was ready to, ready to start an intervention for me because <laughs> the things i was talking about and believing in and practicing and things and so it's really funny oh, now man. how you know first my, my one sister you know gets into yoga and things and like yoga teacher trainings but then she starts having these you know because you, you start doing yoga or tai chi you know these poses it's gonna align your your energy field in a certain way to unlock things and break through blockages so things are just gonna happen to you naturally <laughs> you know that's right you know so start calling me up like hey what does this mean what's this going on and uh, and then you know other people in my family you know start meditating and things and calling me up on dreams and stuff and so it's just funny how slowly they would come around to it but still have this preconceived notion of oh you don't really know nothing that's right <laughs> which is just fear 
And you know what? That's a great segue into the theme of our topic today, the spiritual mm-hmm. journey, That which first leg in that journey is called the fool. Ultimately, because it's, it speaks to the fact that you don't know anything and you're just moving and letting the universe carry you and you have no fear of the journey ahead. So you're just seeing what happens and it's it's kind of how you have to be. going to release all inhibitions and just go at it. But I love that you you both spoke about how people look at you crazy, even how you felt crazy of hearing people talk about divination tools and metaphysics and things like that, because people, they make you feel like a fool. They make you feel like you crazy. You don't know what are you doing over there? Like, this is just so different. Because, and you're going to look foolish. You're going to look idiotic, I guess, in a lot of ways, because you're going against the norm. You're doing something different than the mass. And so, Absolutely. you know, it's it, that's part of what keeps people afraid to begin the journey, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. You know, ironically enough, uh, my friend Chardonnay, who I deemed a witch, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you fast forward, you fast forward, I, I'd say a year later, and I was doing divination for her. <laughs> I, I was just, I was, you know, referring her to books that were talking about, uh, you know, the divine triangle and you know, getting into, at that time, I was um, studying with my brother, Ankwenu, who's a chief priest of um, comedic science. Um, we were doing, you know, meditations and rituals, and it was just 180 degrees away from where I was. And, you know, I was showing her these things. So I was very ignorant as to how my life would unfold. And I, I feel like, you know, in terms of like the fool's journey, rightfully so, right? It, it created the perfect uh, foundation and um, enrolled for me to like really step into that. Because I think I was so just starved for spiritual nourishment. And I think it would have been different had I been introduced to certain tools if I, when I was younger. I wouldn't have had as much of an appreciation for mm-hmm. it. Um, but because I come from that, that darkness, um, and that ignorance, when I did get it, I understood the the value of, you know, quenching that thirst with this under the spiritual knowledge and the spiritual wisdom, you know. So it, it really was just about when I, when I look at it now, I can see how perfect it was of a setup, you know, for me to really truly value this and, and then to integrate it into my practice now, because it's all just spiritual principle at the end of the day you know you can extract the fruit from it from it and you know i can incorporate it uh, the, the mindfulness that it is into the practice that i have on my clients so yeah the, the journey has has definitely all been fruitful and um and necessary i'd say mm-hmm. even the ignorance i know i hate to use the terms idiot and fool and stuff like that because they have such <laughs> negative connotation but I mean, but it's literally what you have to be to get started on this journey because you have to be unaware. You have to be, it's like Neo in the Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) He busted out of that pot. You know what I'm saying? Naked and unafraid and snatched off those tubes and was like, what's going on around here? Like, you have to be like that. But it is like that, you know, Mm because that's that's how I see the fool where, you know, like like one thing, one thing that I had a question that I wanted to post to you all, which I will in a minute, is kind of what was your driving passion? when you first started with spirituality? And then where are you at with it today and what's your driving passion with what you're focused upon now? Because I really see mm-hmm. that that's a lot with the, the fool. You know, whenever it shows up, whenever I choose to you know work with the tarot and pull a reading for myself, when the fool comes up, that's what I really focus upon is, 
is, you know, what's that driving passion that's leading you to, you know, jump off that cliff, you know, at the beginning of your journey and dive into those waters, you know, because like Neo, when you bring up Neo, it's so much like that, like in the very first Matrix, you know, he, he had, he had, he, he was, you know, had really, it wasn't really like he was a fool, but it was just his unawareness but his driving passion and, and what he believed in, you know, that he went and expanded beyond and, and really became the one, you know, by by her telling him he wasn't, he was willing to go back in into that fortress that was so unheard of. Nobody in the whole Zion, in the history of Zion, would have ever thought to try to go rescue Morpheus because of where he was at and what was standing in the way of you succeeding in that mission and where you're sitting yeah. on that ship, you know. But he was, he, you know, in, in the sense of some people, he was a fool for doing that. But it was if he didn't dive into those waters at all, you know, and it, and it was his driving passion to do so. You know, look, if this is the case of what the world, the state of the world is in and, and Morpheus needs to find the one and I'm not him, then I need to sacrifice myself for, for, to save Morpheus. Yeah. And so his beliefs and his understandings and passions up to that point, you know, led him to dive deep and then really unlock who he truly was. So that's kind of how it how it how it is with, with the fool, you know, the, at the start of that journey where we just really don't we don't know what we don't know. but we do know what we want to know and that drive that passion is what allows us to go into this unknown territory you know uh, without any qualms or worries and you know a lot of people talk about you know the fool as being like you know careless but I really see it as like being just being very carefree you know because I I agree with that completely that's why he's aiming towards a cliff In the, yeah. in the tarot card. That's right. Because he's just like, whatever, you know. I mean, of course, please, by no means, anybody listening to this, don't just jump off a cliff. Don't do that. Okay. Don't. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah. That would really make you the fool. But the the point, uh, you know, the illustration on the card is just that he he's letting the universe carry him wherever there is to go. Mm-hmm. And right. to rock uh, right. to answer your question for me, you know, my catalyst was being uh, well. I had several, but I would say the one that was just that really did it, that really pushed me over that edge, maybe jump off that cliff. Was I had worked all my life to be in media and marketing. I knew when I was little, I was going to be somebody's radio broadcaster or that I was going to speak to the masses in some way, mm-hmm. shape, form, or fashion. And um, I worked really hard and I got the opportunity. But when I got it, there were people who literally banded together to take that opportunity away from me. I mean, they worked mm-hmm. overtime. to see that my dreams were dashed and um and I just couldn't understand why somebody would work that hard to take away something from somebody that was not an enemy of theirs had done nothing to them it just was so heartbreaking and and then also just to keep it all the way frank you know they look like me so it really broke my heart Okay. And um, when I really sat back and I realized why our people had would do that to, to each other. It got back to the system in place and the environment that we've grown up in, been raised in, the indoctrination, the systems in place to make us 
you know, hold each other back from progressing that that are just so damaging and to our people, to our to our future. I really got upset about that. I got upset with the the people in control of that system. I got upset with the effects that it's had on the people. And I got upset at how it affected me because I was in a state of depression when I when I couldn't mm-hmm. be who I knew I was called to be. Mm-hmm. And and that really led me to start investigating more about what had been done to, to us as a people. And ultimately, I had to look within myself to see what it had done to me. And mm. and I wanted to change that. I wanted to change the people around me. I wanted to change the environment. I wanted to change the world. And I started research. I told you my little is on my moon. So mm. I started researching the suppression and oppression of the divine feminine and the imbalance that's been created that has us in this issue that we're in right now. And it was completely eye-opening for me. I realized that that I didn't just happen upon that information. That came to me for a reason. It came so that I could be the right. messenger. Right. And 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 it was funny because I was so upset about that, what I perceived as a, a missed or a lost opportunity to not really be on the radio the way that I thought. But the reality of it was the universe was working in my favor because mm-hmm. had I really gotten that opportunity to be on the radio like I wanted to, I thought I so needed at that time, I may not have been the messenger that I am now. Mm-hmm. My my message wouldn't be what it is now. I would be encouraging people That's to right. keep bumping and grinding and right. and you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't see nothing you wrong. Know I mean, you know, I mean, and a little, you know, a little slow motion with it and all that. Like we, do, I got it. you know, <laughs> it would have been more about you know vibing to the music and you know those R and B hits and da 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 da. You know, more so than about the discussion of spirituality and uh, divination and self awareness and things like that. So it was like I was so upset at the time, but now I realize that, again everything happens for a reason, and it was meant for me to redirect because I had lost track of where I was actually going and why. Mm. So that was a perfect setup for you to tap into that. Yeah, it was. It was. And also off the back of that, I learned that I could do tarot that I I was always into card playing and always into astrology. My I actually grew up, uh, contrary to I think the both of you, I grew up in a household that had Ouija boards and mm. and crystals wow. and bells and and bowls. And mm. uh, my father was a, he was practicing Buddhism when I was when I was a little girl. And uh, I knew I was wow. a Gemini before I could walk. Like my mom's a Gemini, <laughs> you know. My dad's a Sagittarius no, no. and very spiritual, open minded household. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, uh, I've i always been into a lot of things that without even realizing that they were spiritual tools and things. And I always had playing cards in my hand. Even as a little girl, I would always shuffle playing cards. And, and I've been able to decipher messages and for so many people. And I'm so grateful for it. it was all the journey. The journey got me to where I am now and I, I wouldn't change it for anything. So what, what would you say was that was at the core of your passion? At the beginning, what was that driving force? I would say being a messenger, mm-hmm. being able to deliver truth and open people's minds. Um, but I realized that I couldn't do that until I knew who I was. And so that was that was it. And once I surrendered 
to that, all kind of blessings came into my life. People came into my life to help awaken my my mind. And like I said, Tarak being one of them, Earth being one of them, even though I, mm-hmm. I've known Earth since high school, uh, we never had these types of conversations until when I was yeah. ready. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like as long as I've known known Earth, the conversations like these didn't happen until I was ready. Yeah, yeah. So, what about you guys? Perfect timing. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, uh, very similar to you, Tia, in that um, I think a lot of the things that uh, were challenging for me, you know, going back to my childhood, um, my family always knew a lot. A lot of my, you know, waking. Um, like many others came about from just some of the family trauma and a lot of the collective trauma that you were speaking to about those people at work mm-hmm. um, later on or recently actually uh, my mother expressed to me that she always knew I was of a same sex nature but as a child of course being a, uh, a black man in this country she wanted to protect me mm-hmm. so that was something she wanted to go away you know she wanted that to just be suppressed but if you're suppressing someone's nature of course they're suffering you know they're, they're suffering in that suppression you know I, I can't be who I am I think because I lived up into my late 20s you know just completely suppressed uh, no exploration you know in terms of my, my sexual identity which I felt like poured over into many other things, right? Because I'm suppressed in this area that makes me withdrawn and suppressed in so many other areas because at the core of me is this guilt, you know, this shame, you know, that that spills over into so many areas of my life. But the gift in that, that introversion was somebody who was very studious. I was very academic um, and just an observer, right? Being withdrawn, I was always an observer. And someone who studied, you know, not only the text and the books that I read, but people. Um, and I, you know, the dichotomy of it is that, you know, I was withdrawn and suppressed. But at the same time, the, the gift that came out of that was the fact that I'm able to, you know, carry a non judgmental uh, attitude and stance with a lot of things. I can see how that primed me to be non-judgmental and to hold space for people mm-hmm. you know of all walks of life no no matter your, your religious affiliation your sexual identification what have you you know it was a perfect setup for that um I, I think that passion was stirred up in setting people helping people to you know set themselves free mm-hmm. because i've been so suppressed i know what it feels like to to not be able to vocalize or express your feelings and emotions you know coming from a family where you're, you're told to just, you know, be quiet, stay in the child's place. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when you act a certain way, boy, you know, boys don't act like that. Or you're too white for your friends because you're academic, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're displaying mm-hmm. that level of intelligence. Everything about you it says that you're not supposed to be like this. <laughs> Everybody's telling you you're not supposed to be like that. Yeah. Well, who are you? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, so all the oddities, you know, according to the feedback I was getting, telling me that. I'm pretty much a fraud, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're not being true to who you are. Uh, so I, I think that that really stirred up in me and still um, possesses me to, to really honor, you know, the power in freedom 
the power in expression. You know, the, the power in telling the truth, standing in the truth, living the truth, um, and unapologetically. You know, and, and even though, you know, as of recently, my, my father asked me, well, well, damn, have you ever tried women? I wanted to ask him, well, have you ever tried men? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Have you ever? No. Not for real. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, actually, my, my brother posed the same question yeah. to me. I, I didn't have the nerve to ask it to my pops, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I did ask my brother that, mm-hmm. and he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> So, I, so you're looking at me like that, and I'm exactly. looking at you the same way. Exactly. Did he did he realize that after you said it, or did he just go off? He, he did. Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, he did. You know, because the the level of homophobia in my family is is so thick. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me to be able to call him to this day and talk to him about my relationship issues is like. Oh, God walking on water like it's, it's miraculous to be able to go from you know where my family was yeah, yeah. to us being able to confide in each other mm-hmm. um, about where we are you know in terms of relationships it's just otherworldly it really is so yeah that that's what that confinement did you know the confinement set the stage for mm-hmm. a life and a pursuit of freedom mm-hmm. and you know I'm, I'm born and I can really see the science and the art of it because the Gemini wants to be free yeah, yeah. Air, air wants to be free it's, it's flowing <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's ubiquitous it's everywhere it, <laughs> it wants to connect with all things and all people you know walls how dare you wants to be, yeah that's <laughs> okay, all things at all times <laughs> And, you know, my life path is the five, you know, which has a semblance of the Gemini. You know, it's very material, it's freedom, it's travel, it's language, it's expression. So, and then, you know, again, we were talking about the rising Virgo material again. So I I understand why I was under so much emotional and spiritual sexual confinement and restriction mm-hmm. in my adolescence and childhood to catapult you bigger yeah, yeah to catapult me you know into the damn stratosphere <laughs> and out of this world <laughs> and it really does there's nothing you can say it really does it, make it sense really though because with that like you said your virgo rising your gemini sun your aries moon like you that mars was going to it was going to do everything to help you break out of that cage okay. like you know it's you got virgo and gemini's expressive energies and there's just no way they're going to be caged and then you got aries to help you yeah it was going to come it was happening <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I never saw it. I, I just, you know, my prayer was, it is, uh, it's, it's really sad, but you know, it's, it's the truth. My prayer was that by the time I turned 28, late twenties, God was going to make me heterosexual. I was going to be straight. I was going to have a wife. Mm-hmm. I was going to settle down. Everything would have been fixed by the time. <laughs> Cause the, everything was going to be fixed. I, everything was going to be perfect. Cause yeah. I did everything I was supposed to do. And this was, you know, the message and the stories that were being fed to mm-hmm. me. You're supposed to. Uh, yeah, not even just from your family, but you know, society itself. Yeah, society, was, right? Was totally that's right. Growing up than it is now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Wow. Oh, man, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So on, on all of those fronts, you know, um, what was being again, what was being told to me is that you know you have to align your life with these societal norms, and I felt like I would fit that mold. I don't know why I chose my, my late twenties. Twenties came and this shit. I don't know if I can cuss, but it just didn't give what it was supposed to give. <laughs> yeah, you're for around here. Didn't happen the way that I thought it was gonna happen. So I was like, so, okay, maybe I'm gonna have to tell the truth. 
what a novel idea, right? Yeah, the truth. <laughs> what what a novel idea, and and really novelty in that because I, I just don't come from a tradition that says you can tell the truth, mm-hmm. you can be your authentic self, mm-hmm. and to your point, to rock about societal norms. We're all taught how to wear masks and mm-hmm. how to not be ourselves and how to conform into a you know a, a taxpayer. A taxpaying, you know, not not even a citizen, a taxpayer, you know. Yeah. Um, dependent. A yeah. Taxpaying dependent. Yeah. Yeah. A, a corporate, a corporate slave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You fit this mold. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah. That's. I, I think that that dichotomy, that stage was was set for me, and I, I can fully understand it and appreciate it, and because I can see it for what it is and how divine that journey is. I, I don't carry the resentment, you know, towards my mother, mm-hmm. my father, my brothers, anybody. I, I carry compassion. I carry, you know, love and understanding. Um, and then it's just no resentment there, you know, no need to forgive. I, I've already forgiven you. Mm-hmm. I did that. Because so, yeah. really at the yeah. base of that is fear. Right. You know, the, for them yeah. to yeah. not want you to be yourself, to not express in your truth, it was fear that was they were inundated with that was keeping them from letting you be you. You know, I had oh, to yeah. learn not to be upset with people because of that. You know, they're under a program and under a spell, you know, so yeah. you have to help them even when they are hurtful. <laughs> you still got to help right. them figure out that they're under this spell of fear that makes them uh, uh, impose and project their expectations on you. That, that's right. And you and you know, I, so when I started to delve into even deeper spiritual science, what I realized is that my journey is not just about me. You know, Desmond Tutu, who you know often talks about Ubuntu, you know, I am because we are you know um it's a collective journey you know and if this is such a trigger for you that means that this is just as much about your healing and your acceptance and your self-love as it is about you know me coming into that that love of self and acceptance of who i am you know this also is about you this is just as much about you as it is me Agreed. You know, because I, I feel like in, in any situation, you know, it's about um, whatever's lacking is about what you're not giving. You know, how do you take 100 percent responsibility? You know, even if you feel like it's not yours, mm-hmm. how do you take responsibility? Either you have to turn up the love, you have to give love or learn how to receive it. Mm-hmm. So it's about you stepping into that. And, you know, life is very ironic, is it not, that you would go from saying I know, you know, being that homophobic and resistant to, you know, people who fall under this umbrella, but you you have a child that grows up (laughs) who fits that, you know, object of your hate and your disdain. So what what do you do? You have to tap into love, Mm -hmm. right? You you have to go into a space of love and learn how to to fully embody that. So I I started to really see, you know, the the grand scheme of it all. You know, this is about love at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and how we give it and how we receive it at the deepest of levels, even the things that we feel like are um, abominable. It's powerful. Yeah, man. Hard work. It's definitely work. What would you say, brother, with the, the question to you? I would say 
for me, what was when I, when I first really got into this journey, what was at the core of, of my desire and passion that really drove me to dive deep is um, just the desire to know and to understand. Yeah, you know, just like in in a lot of what you all were talking about, you know, growing up and you know coming into this world and into this life, you know, we don't know anything, and so the only things we do, you know, every everyone within our environment our whole entire upbringing are, are they are trying to help us to know how to navigate through life so they're not only That's teaching right. us but they're also telling us you know telling us how to think telling us how to move telling us how to act how to speak you know mm-hmm. telling us what they know and so in a lot of ways you know I've, i was always very contemplative um my whole life you know just contemplating things and and um you know, you just always told what other people know. You know, this is what this is. This is what that is. This is what this means. This is what that means. You know, and um, and really, it just got to a point where it was like looking at my life and seeing that I wasn't really doing anything that I actually was passionate about, and, uh, and I wanted to get back to learning. You know, I really enjoyed learning. I didn't really enjoy school. But I enjoyed learning when it had to do with something that I did enjoy. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, one, well, at, at first the energy started, I'm, I'm, let me go back to school. So I went back to school, but then, you know, that kind of faded. I was like, man, all I'm doing is just being told, read this book and write me a paper about it. Or read this book and take a test to prove to me you read this book. <laughs> so it's like, none yeah. of this is, yeah. I don't need this. <laughs> I don't need to prove, pay you to prove to you that I read these books. It's pretty much the core of everything right. here. So I just started, right. you know, well, what do I want to learn and understand? So, you know, I went to look at, into those classes, skip all the prerequisites and just go buy the books. But um, those books didn't really contain <laughs> the type of information that I was desiring. And so, um, you know, one day I was, I was sitting at home and um, didn't have, you know, I don't know, essentially I just realized that I needed more energy you know I didn't have a lot of energy yeah. like I used to so I wanted to learn more about energy so I chose that and then that led to you know chakras and then that led to this and that led to that and really like with the with the chakras thing I I um kind of came across this book that talked about the hand chakras and how to open them up and heal yourself and at the time I had this heart issue going on for like the last two years and this growth on the back of my head going on for the last year and the book mm-hmm. talked about you know do this technique you heal yourself this is how this is what jesus learned this is what you know what he understood and how that's why he healed with the hands because he was using his hand chakras and this and that so i said okay well, i mean the book give you the technique let's put this shit to practice because i'm at the worst health state of my life <laughs> for, right. for, yeah. for the last seven months I've been going to sleep wondering if I'm gonna wake up. <laughs> mm. Like seriously, and, uh, and so I put it to practice, and within 30 days, I ain't had no symptoms from neither ever since. Wow, bro! And so through giving that's myself that wow. experience, yeah, and through giving myself that experience at the very beginning, that's when 
I like let go of everything else. Like I had all this music stuff going on. We was about to, like we had our own studio. We was kind of getting together. I was looking into buying this old radio station to start things up and stuff. All type of stuff going on. Was uh, talk to a couple little mom and pop record stores and was going to talk to a couple more things. It was just really going to be, um, I mean, I'm glad I didn't do it because it was the wrong time to do that because everything was shifting to um, like streaming and online <laughs> so mm-hmm. I yeah. just buried myself yeah. into a, a hole that was getting covered up but anyways man I just let go of all that you know I called up my I called up one of my uh friends said hey you want all this equipment I'm gonna come drop it off to you I, all mm. this other stuff and, you know I was like I don't even watch my tv no more sold that it just was you know because it was not important anymore I was solely focused on knowing things and because I had created an experience for myself to then know that it was true. What was contained in this book was true, 100%. I proved it to myself. And so then it was more so that desire to then know, the ability to, to understand that I have the ability to know and then moving about and doing it and having and just wanting to know and understand these things. And, and it ultimately was all geared towards knowing and understanding myself, knowing and understanding my power, knowing and understanding my ability, knowing and understanding where I came from, knowing and understanding who I am and knowing and understanding where I have the potential to go if I choose to go there. And so that was really yeah. the driving course of the then. And then also, you know, even now, you know, like right now I'm more really focused on, um, really this is just in the last couple of days, <laughs> shamanism and journeying. Um, hmm. I was talking to somebody the other day about it and he was, he was just asking me, well, what's your kind of your, how you going to go through the astral traveling things? And, oh, okay, well, here's how I do it. Um, you know, because he was like, wait, you don't use a map? I'm like, well, I mean, what do you mean by a map? Like, I just, I just think it. And so I go. <laughs> like, it's kind of, he's like, it's not the, is it the same every time or is it different? I'm like, no, it's different every time. I go there and I don't think it's ever been a place I've been. It's been the exact same every time. He's like, man, I play. I, mm. I go places, specific places. It's mapped out. It's anchor points. And the way you describe it, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I ain't never even thought to try that. <laughs> I'm doing that. And so it's reinvigorated this whole new passion again and drive. And so with this whole energy, you know, of of the shamanism type journeying, you know, I'm, I'm a fool. I'm new. I have different tools and things, you know. So I have I have the luggage, the backpack over my shoulder, ready to go, you know. But um, yeah. I'm, you know, at, I'm at the edge of the cliff, ready to just dive deep into it and see what happens, you know, as, as far as this approach. And you said journeying. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, like shamans, they like like pretty much astral projection, lucid dreaming, you know, going into the inner levels. They they call it journeying, but um, they do it in a very specific way. And, um, okay. and yeah, they, you know, you, you go to this one anchor point and kind of explore and then lead you to another anchor point and kind of explore. But then you use those same anchor points when you come back to your body mm-hmm. to ensure that all of your energy returns in one piece when you want it to and then can move about. And so it kind of helps to not feel so drained afterwards um, because all of your energy yeah. has returned and you kind of are able to anchor yourself back in then you're able to journey out even farther and farther because at like if, if you say you have like three different anchor points you're going out to you go to this space and then that leads you to this space and that leads you to this space what's easier to get to that third and fourth space the more you travel because you're traveling to the same points whereas 
you know, the way I was doing it, it's just, you know, I just want to go here. Let me go here. Oh, let's explore what's here. It's like, you know, these other mm-hmm. points, I've already explored what's here. I know what's here. I know what to expect. I know where to turn. I know where to go to. You know, if I end up yeah. going somewhere where I don't want to be, I can easily retreat back to the previous point versus, mm-hmm. you know, retreating back to anywhere else, you know, or, or back to the body yeah. immediately being jolted back or however, you know. And so yeah. that it's kind of kind of like, you know, to me, it seems like I've been just joyriding. Let me just hop in and see yeah. where I end up going. You know what? I want to end up here. We'll see if I get there or not. Whereas, like, it's like, man, now you got a car with the GPS. You know, I was yeah, I was rocking yeah. in a, you know, 1980 Camaro. They like rocking in a, you know, Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> Driverless, hands off the steering wheel. So no gas. Yeah. So uh, it's like you know, I'm 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 years deep into all of this, but yet the journey it's a new journey you know so it's still that's right it's still the journey of the fool the fool has has appeared once again you know just just right. two days or last night really this was all last night and so yeah. i love that you brought that up how the fool can appear multiple times oh yeah absolutely in that's your right. life you can be the fool multiple mm-hmm. times in your life and you should be and you, you should be, be. straight yeah. up because life is forever evolving and forever changing. Mm-hmm. You know, I said that I told a friend of mine uh, the other day that I'm going to create a resume and mm-hmm. I'm going to put on it when someone asks me what my experience is, I'm going to say my Pluto's been in Pluto's been in my eighth <laughs> house for the last 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want to know? That's dope. What else do I, you I love it. And if you don't know, figure it out. Figure it out. Google that <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> there must be a dimension where that's what that is the norm there has to be a, a dimension of planet where they want to know what your house is mm-hmm. where your house yeah, know, where, where those planets are, are and what houses are <laughs> in and stuff like that it's it's crucial yeah yeah i'm really starting it's to understand that how much i work with like, what's your date of birth yeah because i'm yeah. not not really because because i want to make sure you a good fit but i want to make sure that i communicate with you yeah. uh, in, in the most harmonious way i want to make sure i know how to interact with you in the best way you know because i y'all know me i joke around a lot you know i, I don't really like roast on people like i used to but <laughs> i still can make jokes so, so if i find out you a taurus or i mean a pisces or a cancer man, that's the first thing i'm i'm making sure I don't do <laughs> yeah for real because I can't take you yeah, bless their heart yeah. <laughs> I don't want you feeling, feeling upset with me <laughs> you know what oh, speaking man. of alignments uh, you know if I if I could give advice to anybody listening to this I would say definitely find out your north node where your north node mm. is and your south node because that can tell you a whole lot about your South Node will let you know where you've been, where your soul has been, the lessons that you've learned and uh, what you carried into this life with you. And your North Node is telling you where you're going. And it's Mm -hmm. like where your soul is journeying to. Mm -hmm. And it can help make a lot of things clear, especially when you are ever evolving, ever changing. But ultimately the goal is, it's pretty much the same. If you check your notes, right. they will help make that clear for you. Yeah, and that and that and to touch on that, you know that that south note, what you're coming in with, where you've been, it's mostly going to tell you what what specific tools because you're gonna come in with a lot. You know, oh, yeah. majority of us have lived so many lifetimes, but mm-hmm. these 
specific tools and understandings are the ones that you are going to need to get to that North Node point. Get to the, that's exactly right. Exactly right. Because my South Node is in Pisces. So, you know, I, I likely was killed for the people back in my past <laughs> life. Uh, <laughs> you know, stood for, uh, yeah. you know, was likely a visionary, likely uh, uh, what you might have called a witch, <laughs> some sort of uh, mystical healer <laughs> of some sort. And uh, and, right. and my North Node is in Virgo, right? So mm. um, I definitely need that uh, philosophical wisdom and and care of the people because that's what Virgo's true desire to do is heal, to be that healer. And so that's why my South Node complements my North Node so much in terms of what I'm doing. It's like I, my soul knew it was coming here to be a healer and knew it was coming here to be a messenger and to, to help the masses, to help the collective. And it was just waiting on me to catch up. Yeah, my physical right. body, my mind to figure it out, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Do you feel like you can miss that, that call, that what, you, what your soul was calling for, forth for you to do? Or do you feel like it's all unfolding perfectly and, and exactly when it needs to? I feel like you can miss it, yeah. If yeah. you don't um, get control of your mind, your ego, because your your ego will, tell, will give you a whole new assignment. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> that's powerful. You said that. It can and it will. <laughs> the ego will give you a. Freud said. Freud actually said that um, you know your intelligence will be used by the ego if it's not put in its rightful place. Facts. Yeah, so that's Facts. that's heavy. And in fact, you know, um, balancing the ego and the soul is like the ultimate thing here, right? As we exist. Because the ego's necessary, it's important. Yeah. It's our driver, um, but when it's in control, um, it's self-motivated. Mm-hmm. And so, right. um, you know, it's if you like can't well, on the it, gas pedal, <laughs> yeah, like somebody putting a brick on the gas pedal, and like, yeah. good luck. <laughs> You know, and your ego's loud and it's confident, it's, you know, boisterous, whereas your soul is more quiet and subtle and it's the feminine aspect uh, of of you, you know. And um, so, yeah, you could totally, the ego can totally make you lose control or not um, be connected to your soul's mission, right? It's kind of in competition with your soul and it's exist. Like I say all the time, you know, if if you don't become the master, you're always going to be the slave. If you don't learn to master your ego, you're always going to be a slave. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Seriously. That's, that's right. I'm, I'm asking that because, you know, we've spoken a lot about, in terms of the fool, a lot of the upright qualities, right? You know, the beginnings, the innocence, the spontaneity and free spirit. But in terms of the fool in reverse, you know, that recklessness, the risk taking, the holding back, or, you know, working against ourselves, I think um, it's important to be aware of where our shortcomings are mm-hmm. or being too foolish, you know, or being wasteful with your time. No uh, being, you know, egotistical and driven by the flesh and your lower nature. You know, it's always a time for play, but I think um, it also calls for serious, life also calls for seriousness and bringing those two into balance. Mm-hmm. So the, the food has to be uh, put into to balance and um, the right perspective. 
I couldn't agree more. And and you know what? That's why in our next episode, it's a great time to talk about that. Um, we're going, uh, the next episode, we're going to talk about the leg of the journey is called The Magician, which actually is about the divine masculine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the magician represents a dynamic masculine and the soul's desire to project itself into the world. And it also represents the ability to harness oneself's alchemical transformation of self. Mm-hmm. So the fool moves to understand the masculine side of itself and then ultimately the feminine side of itself with the high priestess who represents pure feminine energy. She guards the divine power. She embodies femininity and intuition in the realms of magic. And so you're exactly right. I mean, you start off unaware, you start off ready for whatever the universe has for you, but ultimately you have to learn that you are dual natured and you have to honor the both sides. Mm-hmm. That's right. And mm-hmm. what that means for you as a physical being, you know, mm-hmm. a spiritual mm-hmm. being having a human experience. So we'll be able to tap into to that more with the next episode, speaking on the divine masculine. And um, and that also kind of speaks to the ego, although we won't go into the ego too deep until we get to the emperor, which is uh, mm-hmm. the Aries energy right there. <laughs> the physical embodiment of the divine masculine. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> All right. I would love for you both to offer up any advice to anyone on this leg of the journey moving forward. What do you have to let the folks know um, if you're here or embarking on on that fool's journey, that hero's journey, rather? What would you say, brother Tarak? Uday. Me, I was I would say that the more you the more you move into this journey, the more you will understand that there is nothing of higher importance. And understanding and knowing yourself. You cannot understand anything until you know understand yourself. You can't you can't love anything until you love yourself. You know, you can't know anything until you know yourself. You can't truly enjoy anything until you enjoy yourself. You know, and right, everything that you do and experience and become is all going to be through the experience of being yourself. You can only be yourself. Even when you're trying to be somebody else, you're still gonna be yourself trying to be somebody else. And so don't, don't much, a lot of what we talked on earlier, you know, don't allow the projections of other people's expectations and limitations that they try to place on you, whether it's conscious or unconscious on purpose or not on purpose with malicious intent or with the, uh, you know, the best intent in mind for you no matter what don't allow that to determine how you navigate through life and the choices that you make and and in deciding on who you want to become because you're always going to change you're always going to grow you're always going to become a different individual but strive to be more conscious in choosing who you become what you experience and what you evolve into very timely words especially in this day and age with uh, social media and you know the mask that you know the younger generation feels like it has to put on Mm -hmm. Uh, we're living in a fame centered um, culture you know material centered culture and I I think everything that you just spoke to is like an elixir that's an elixir that that needs to just be showered over (laughs) the heads and the, the homes mm-hmm. of, of everyone these days because 
uh, so much of us is just disconnected from that yeah. understanding. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Speaking of um, external influences, I would say, you know, as best as you can, try to block out the distractions. Do what you can mm-hmm. to remove yourself from distractions that used to entertain you, you know, like the news and TV period and social media. Try fasting from mm-hmm. media. Try fasting right. from certain foods that you know didn't make you feel well. Because one of the things you're going to learn on this journey. But it tasted good to you. I know. And, you know, I'll tell you what. that. But one of the things I had to do that really put me up on game was fasting and getting rid of processed foods. I did a fast for 10 days with just fresh fruits and vegetables. And, honey, I, I tell you what. It was like I was floating on a cloud. I'd never been yeah. clearer. you know and so yeah letting that light really you know come through you and and being a conduit for this knowledge and this wisdom um fast if you can um remove things that are not healthy that you know are not healthy as best as you can because one thing you're going to find is that as you ascend energetically a lot of things are going to drop off that you were used to ideologies friends you know, environments and situations that you've been in, uh, they're, they're going to drop mm-hmm. off. Um, you're right. moving up and you've been in a, in a frequency, this frequency for a long time. And now you're, you're increasing. Things are going to change. So you can help prepare yourself for that change by just prioritizing yourself and what makes you feel good, what clears your mind, mm-hmm. allows you to get into that meditative state, exercising, as much as you can I, if you're not very physical just you know taking a walk or dancing or anything like that to get your your body moving and uh and and definitely create a gratitude list create some things that you can be that you can give thanks for to remind yourself right. of the beauty in your life so you can get present yeah, well, you and accept that transition yeah that's beautiful. Look, you just coached my whole life. Look, <laughs> where do I sign up? I need to sign up for your coaching, man. Hey, listen, ignitemyenergy.com, boy. <laughs> okay. You know what? Spe- speaking of, I-, I would definitely, I would leave um, the listeners with that. Like, the people you surround yourself with, the systems of accountability that you have around you. Yeah. Um, first of all, being accountable with yourself. I feel like you have to first be self-accountable in order to place those systems of accountability around you. Um, and you have to be honest yeah. and tell the truth yeah. about where you are mm-hmm. and about where you've been um, so that you can, you know, program your future for success and for the highest possible actualization of self. Mm-hmm. You know, people often say to me, well, you're a therapist, so you don't need therapy. You don't need this. I, I need the most. Therapy. <laughs> I need the most healing, the most coaching. Every healer needs a healer. Mm-hmm. Every therapist needs a therapist. Every astrologist needs an astrologer. Every, you know, tarot reader needs a reader. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. you know, we are... are uh, one in the same and we need that accountability you know we need people to yeah you need that I don't care how cold you are how gifted you are and, and you know this is a conversation I always have with my friend and you know Christine uh, oh, yeah, yeah. very very <laughs> gifted 
uh, healer, very gifted uh, reader. I mean, one of the coldest, but, but at the same time, I think that the divine creates uh, a margin of error in all of us so that we can remember that we need one another, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can't get it right all the time, you know, so that we are reminded that, you know, we're not perfect. We are perfect, but in this particular experience, in this particular plane, what I need you to do is fellowship and, you know, cultivate healthy relationships. So I, I definitely say, you know, nourish and water those relationships. Um, and, it, and it first starts with the relationship that you have with yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you're not demonstrating self-compassion, mm-hmm. <clears throat> treating yourself, then you can't give that to anybody else. And nobody can really pour into you. Nah. Yeah, so I would definitely uh, emphasize that. Hey, and one thing off of the back of that, everybody will remember, is that the greatest form of self-love that anyone can have is discipline. That's right. I totally agree. I will say this, if it wasn't for Tarak holding me accountable for the intentional breathing exercise that we did, <laughs> I wouldn't have had the pleasure of connecting with my angels, my ancestors, wow. in the manner in which I did, which was a true guiding light for me. Mm. Wow. So, um, and, and it's interesting, and I say, you know, the fact that it took discipline because we don't breathe like we're supposed to. And Sarah, do you remember how I was rebelling against deep breathing? You don't realize (laughs) how much your body wants to rebel. Wow. That's true. That's true. Uh, I remember, I'm like, man, is she not hearing what I'm saying? Breathe big breaths. Okay, breathe, girl. Big breaths. (laughs) But but you'd be surprised how often that comes up, you know. And uh, and a lot in a lot of ways with, with that specific breathing technique, a lot of it is because we kind of want to remain unconscious. And so the breathing will become more shallow or the breathing will cease or, you know, something to right at the precipice of when that's going to come to the surface, whatever limitation is going on, whatever block is going on, right? As it's about to come to the first surface and we're able to bring it to the Mm. surface and breathe through it and obliterate it away just before that Mm. happens, you know, because we want to remain unconscious to it, because we want to um, you know, remain the same and not get uncomfortable with too much change, then that's when that kind of breathing yeah. kind of, you know, comes up where it's like, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, something big's here because because you're just trying to go to sleep. <laughs> Some Something's right. big here because you just started doing real small, shallow breaths. <laughs> you know, it's, and it, it's, it's, it's so often with that technique uh, of breathing, you know, with, uh, with people. Yeah, I could imagine, you know, because we're, we're pretty resistant and creatures of habit and familiarity, mm-hmm. even if it's painful, even if it's suffering. So that, yeah, but that, exactly. But you know, that, that reprogramming and reconditioning the, the brain and the body's neuroplastic. So it just takes work in that muscle, like you said, that discipline and being consistent with that, you know, to, to get over and, you know, into that transition in a new way of being. That's all it really is. It's learning how to be in a new way of being. Yeah. That's right, guys. All right. Well, this was wonderful and enlightening, just like I thought it was going to be. Uh, as we stated next week, we're going to tap into that divine masculine energy so we can we can really elaborate on what that means for us. And, um, 
you know, as human beings here and, and the importance of balance and uh, which, you know, that, that Sagittarius will help you. So if you got a Sagittarius in your life, don't worry, they'll show you if we don't get to you fast enough. <laughs> Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely been a pleasure, and and uh, we will catch everybody back in a week's time. All right, peace, peace, y'all. Yeah, it's been love, blessings, peace, love, and light. <laughs>